Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Even louder. <laughs> Welcome to the Davis and Davis Show. That is one hairy chest. I sent Scott a picture. Are you sure you're ready? Yeah. I, I mean, I... So does this mean I get to put on the website once again? Hey, Burke died. <laughs> Let's see. That was 8.58 a.m. And that was my third test at the hospital. Looks like an electrocardiogram. For my stress test. Oh, today was okay. No, it's, so you had up. you had an episode. Buckle up. We might go over our fifteen minutes by a bit. Buckle so, up, Buttercup. Monday morning, around two thirty, I get up because I have to pee, and I do that, and my back starts bugging me, and I'm like trying to rub it against a corner of a wall. It's like, no, that doesn't do it. Got out the heating pad, lay on that. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. All of a sudden, I'm like, why is my chest hurt? Why is my, you know, what the hell is going on? I don't do hospitals. I don't like going to doctors and I don't do it unless it's absolutely necessary. So when I tapped my wife on the shoulder and said, I think you need to take me to the ER, her eyes went wide open like, oh crap. So three o'clock in the morning just down the street here in the ER. I'm like crying. It's hurting so bad. I don't know what the hell is going on. Although let me backtrack before I left. I took my blood pressure. I got a little blood pressure cuff here at home. It was 190 something over like 114. Oh, you're dying. I had to look it up on Google and go, oh yeah, I could die any moment. Okay. Time to go to the hospital. So I get in there. I'm thinking heart attack. Okay chest x-rays they draw some blood dude they they right arm tried to get the iv in there and she hit a nerve that went all the way down to my thumb and i like jerked it out of her hand i'm like you're gonna try something else lady that was worse than the pain i was going through chest x-rays blood work one guy comes back and goes there's no enzymes showing that your heart has any damage i'm like that sounds good he's like yeah it is good i'm like okay the heart attack you had is not good. No, I, I no. If I'd have had a heart attack, there would have been those enzymes saying I had a heart attack. They were not present, so doesn't sound like a heart attack. So I wait for a little while, more in the ER, and eventually uh, I'm going to get a CAT scan. Okay, they put me in the CAT scan machine and fill me up with this stuff. My whole body felt hot for a minute. It was really weird. Um, of course, that hospital was cold as ice anyway, so it was a welcome relief. Get that done. They wheel me back to ER, waiting there, waiting there. One doctor came in and said something and left, and then I'm getting wheeled away for some other test that I don't even know what the hell it is. And that was the stress test with the nuclear imaging system. They bring in a syringe that has radioactive written on the syringe. I'm like, what's that for? That's for your test. Cool. Didn't know I was having that. Okay, whatever. Sit in the imaging system for ten minutes. Go get the stress. You know, get the stress 
chemical because they won't put you if you were in the er they won't put you on the treadmill they only give you the chemical stuff okay 20 minutes later i'm back in the imaging thing blah 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 okay i'm not hearing nothing from nobody so far i don't know what the fuck going on laying there outside the imaging place for another 25 minutes before someone comes against me and takes me in a different direction puts me on an elevator i'm like that's not the er it was right across the hall I was like, oh no we're taking you to your room oh i'm getting a room okay does my wife know is she there it's like we think she's there okay great <laughs> sit up in a room for you know ever well that was eight o'clock when i was getting the stress test done so uh, yeah and then after like i don't know it, it seemed like hours you know finally a doctor comes in Oh no, you know, no, fuck that. I got lunch. Like it was noon and I got lunch served to me and nurse Dave, who's really cool, comes in and goes, Hey, uh, we don't know what's going on because there's no orders posted. There's no lab results. There's no nothing. So if you eat this food and they have to do a stint in your heart, you won't be able to get that done until tomorrow. But since we don't know anything going on whatsoever, you do what you want. It's a free world. I'm like, got the. All right, fine. I waited until two o'clock before I ate, figuring there's no way they're gonna give me a do a stint on me after three o'clock in the afternoon. Sure enough, you know, like at three thirty, the doctor comes in and goes, "Okay, well, you, your blood pressure is very high, and you will have to cut out the vaping, and you will have to cut back out your drinking, and you will." I'm like. Am I staying overnight? Not if you don't want to. No, I don't want to. Get me the fuck out of here. This, this <sighs> is 3 a.m. to 5 p.m. in so that what, damn hospital. What are you stressed about? I'm not. It wasn't. It was high blood pressure. I think. I don't know. Nobody. Nobody told me why it felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest at two o'clock in the morning. I don't know. But now I have uh, blood pressure medication and I have uh, cholesterol medication now and I have to go to my doctor tomorrow and then I have to go to the cardiologist on next Wednesday, even though he won't be there because he's in Shockton. And uh, yeah, so yeah, my uh, yesterday was a waste of a day and I was tired as the tire could be. Wait, I got home. this was yesterday? This was Monday morning at 3 a.m. And I got home Monday night at 5.30 p.m. And you didn't text me? No. Your, your no, own brother? I was. T I figured I'd save it for tonight. <laughs> Damn. Hey, do you remember? Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're okay. I went to work today. I'm like, okay, 24 hours ago, I felt like I was going to die and i'm delivering a car okay, okay whatever well do you remember last week no doing a show i i know that we did a show okay. i don't remember it here this will be a little reminder okay don't beat yourself up over past mistakes you are going to fuck up again in the future quite possibly in a more spectacular fashion why worry about yesterday's mm. fuck-ups when you have tomorrow's fuck-ups to look forward to? You are a fuck-up and fucking up is part of your growth process. Embrace the process. Namaste. So, I, uh, I decided that in our first segment every week, I'm going to do an inspirational... <laughs> I thought we were going back to BNN, the Bob News Network, but this is good. This is this will work. I'm, I'm, this really kind of excited me. So, so I was like, ah, you know what? Let me let me see. I'm gonna find something inspirational every week for us to play for the audience. So this week, those of you that work in an office. And use PowerPoint or Excel. Here it is. Fuck PowerPoint. 
there is no power in those points and no point in those presentations we have been brainwashed into believing that powerpoint gives us the power to express ourselves creatively but the only power it has is to kill our souls fuck powerpoint and fuck your excel spreadsheet too those columns and rows represent the metal bars of the prison cell of your brain free yourself from the soul killing software of excel and powerpoint and live a more meaningful existence fuck powerpoint and fuck excel welcome to inspirational words by the davis and davis show bob let me tell you about tpms reports <laughs> i'm gonna have a new one every week <laughs> i signed up on the uh <clears throat> I I don't remember his name. I'll look it up during the break and I'll I'll say it afterwards because he deserves credit for everything that he does. <laughs> um but I went through his YouTube channel the other day and I'm like gold mine <laughs> fucking gold mine. We need this gold mine. Um so yeah, that's going to be our 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 we're going to start every show with inspirational words. <laughs> so we have a guest, Jordan, with us today. Say hi. Well, hello. His, his name's not Jordan. No, no, it's not Jackass. It is Jackass. Jackass. And you just got married, right? Yep. Uh, we should call you dumb fuck then. Okay. How is how is married life treating? Are you wait wait? She lives twelve hundred miles away. Married yeah. life's treating him great. It's still it's still doing good. Everybody asks me, it's like, well, how's married life? I'm like, well, it really hasn't changed. I mean, <laughs> lives in Florida, and I still live here in Texas. The Zoom calls are mighty interesting between the two of you. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you like movies about gladiators. Uh. <laughs> Have, have you bought the little right, remote so, controlled toys for you know <laughs> the remote control vibrator stuff? Yeah, you know you have it on your yeah, phone. Yeah. You can like you know, hey, yeah, the love something, whatever the love. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it's, uh, <laughs> that's the first anniversary that present. <laughs> exactly, that's one year. <laughs> that is one year. Have you had to say hey, I will send you to Jesus to her yet? <sighs> Not yet. She uh she hasn't said that to me yet either. <laughs> she has screamed. Emotional damage. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Are y'all both from like Cleveland? I was. I, I'm from Cleveland. Well, Berea, exactly. I was born in Akron, moved around a lot, and then moved to Canton, right behind the Football Hall of Fame. Oh, about thirty years ago now, twenty-five, thirty years, something like that. Thirty, thirty plus. Now, did did you hear the story about how we met? No. We went to the I, I, University of Akron together. Akronites, Action Zoo, whatever you want to call it, we yeah. were there. The Zips. We were in theater together, and we had a class together. And I forget what class it was. Um, I think we never met. Paul Dom was the teacher, and uh, he did roll, roll call for like three days. And then, like, the third day, he looked and he said, wait, Scott Davis, Burke, or Burke Davis, Scott Davis, are you guys related? We just never met before, looked at each other and went, uh-huh, we're brothers. And ever since then, <laughs> ever we've since done everything stuck. together, including driving in a triumph over railroad tracks and going, the yeah. ground's down there. Uh, um, including <clears throat> hanging out with people like Kathy 
including dating the same girl. <laughs> Different times, but yes. Different times. <clears throat> he got boob. I didn't. Um, <laughs> then she became gay. I really was self-conscious about that. <laughs> <laughs> You were the tipping point, apparently. <laughs> Thank you. I, the reason why I ask is because I found this song on the internet about Cleveland. Oh, I'm scared. Going does to it, play it. Does it end with "We're not Detroit"? Yes. I know it. It's great. Play it, dude. Fun times in Cleveland again. Still Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Under construction since 1868. <laughs> See our river that catches on fire. It's so polluted that all our fish have AIDS. We see the sun almost three times a year. This guy has at least two DUIs. Flaps look like a Scooby-Doo ghost town. Don't slow down in East Cleveland or you'll die. Our economy's based on LeBron James. Buy a house for the price of a VCR. Our main export is crippling depression. We're so retarded that we think this is ours. It could be worse, though. At least we're not Detroit. We're not Detroit. <laughs> that guy, I worked with a guy, and he went to college with that dude. I think he did some bits for college humor, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, it, it's a great video because yeah. the, the people think this is art. They have that, that big stamp in the park that says free i think mm -hmm. that's what's in the background when they're doing that that's, a, that's over off stuff. of east ninth street yeah yeah so yeah good stuff uh, <laughs> that that was good that was good hey by the way what are you drinking uh same bourbon from two weeks ago with some ginger ale so tonight i went to total wine Ooh, that's a Ooh. good place. Total wine because I had a $10 gift certificate. And all I bought was Carlsberg. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jordan? Uh, I am getting to the Buffalo Trace here shortly. Very nice. Is that's my um really liquor choice? Mm -hmm. mm, sounds fabulous. Definitely. You ever seen a grown man naked? Hey, huh? do you know what that sound means? Time to get out of Dodge for a couple seconds. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a little break here. Hopefully you enjoyed this Cleveland song a little bit better. Hello, everybody. Hi, all tonight. This is Alan Free, the old king of the Moondoggers, and it's time again for another of your favorite rock and roll sessions as you enjoy the Moondog Show. <laughs>
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Miranda Cosgrove. Can't wait to get sued by her. Is that the iCarly song? Yeah, um, somebody sent me naked pictures of Jeanette McCurdy today. So (laughs) in honor of that, I decided, um, hey, hey, guess what I found? The internet porn, apparently. The fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. (laughs) <laughs> I know that that doesn't fit in with our theme for the day. Uh, our theme is um, here. Let me uh, let me bring this up. I had everything all prepared. And then you turn uh, on your computer and here we go. Through early morning fog I see visions of the things to be, the pains that are withheld for me. I realize and I can see that suicide is painless. It brings on many changes and I can take or leave it if I please. The game of life is hard to play. I'm gonna lose anyway the losing card someday late. so this is all I have to say all right so I pulled this off of YouTube I actually had to check a box before I could play it saying that I wasn't suicidal Um, yeah. Hey, you remember that show that we did, uh, about three weeks ago of movies that you could never do again? This might be in there. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, this could be a, a, a two show or two part show. Today, we're going to discuss the book written by... Richard Hooker. Richard Hooker. The play written by Tim Kelly. And the movie. And we'll do some comparison. We'll we'll talk about uh, the author's problems with certain things. Hmm. And uh, how 
MASH became what MASH was in the TV series. All right. So, yeah. Um, I always let Burke do all the research. No, I don't. <laughs> but sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes no. So the book is a 1968 novel uh, written by Richard Hooker. The pen name of former military surgeon Richard Hornberger with the assistance of writer W.C. Hines. And the name of the book originally was MASH, a novel about three army doctors. Um, I did not put down the synopsis of the book only because the movie actually does pretty true to most of the action from the book. Um, little tidbits I found out about the book. Um, a lot of the MASH doctors were in their 20s when they were, you know, fixing people up. Um, a lot of them didn't have much advanced surgical training. Um, I guess it was kind of weird because, like, if you were on a MASH unit, which is about two to three miles from the front, you would have days of nothing going on. And then somebody would do a big push and you would have as many as a thousand casualties a day going through your specific mash outfit. Um, according to writer John Baxter, who I don't know who that is, Horn <laughs> Hornberger was so furious at having sold the film rights for only a few hundred dollars that he never again signed a copy of his own book. Wow. So, yeah. There's a theme of that that'll go on even into the movie. We'll talk about that there in a little bit. Um, you got anything else about the book that I didn't hit upon? Or uh, Let's see here. Uh, the only other thing that I had for the book or actually it's more for the author Richard Hooker who stated later on when the when the TV series came out MASH became something that was totally different than what he originally expected it to be um the movie was much more um closer to his vision or or in tune with his vision yeah. yeah he hated the play he hated the tv series yeah um the play will we'll get into discussions about that probably next but wasn't the play written by the author himself no it was written by tim kelly tim kelly is uh is a writer uh, slash director spent most of his time on the East Coast doing stuff in Boston, New York City, different stuff like that. And the play actually came out. Let me bring up my notes here. 1973. 1973, which is three years after the movie. So the play is isn't even an adaptation of the movie. It's kind of him going on his own tangent uh it's very loosely based on the book i actually did yeah. the play in high school i played hawkeye at central Howard, right behind akron U. um it's very cotton candy watered down it has characters of the same name a couple of the things actually in the book ho john uh, gets sent back through the mash unit after he was uh, conscripted into the army and, and they're working on Ho John in surgery, which right. they did not show in the movie. So, but we'll, we'll, and I got a little tidbit about the movie section of that too, later on. So, you know, the, the play version. Okay. I don't have anything else on the book. I've never read it myself. Neither have I. So, I, I don't want to do a lot of discussion on on something I haven't read. Um, the play, we've all done it, all except for Jordan. Jackass. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
Sorry. Wrong button. <laughs> there it is. And with your wife 1,200 miles away, it's Jack something, but I don't think it's Jack ass. <laughs> Why does it always sound like the donkey's dying in the end? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's tame enough for high schools to do it, you know, it's it's pretty damn tame, dude. It's the Uber computer. How can you hate it? I know, I know. Um, Still better my, than the last one. My robo form keeps coming up asking me for my password every time we freaking do a show. <laughs> uh, the play, the play. Uh, I remember doing the play. I think it was high school. Yeah. Um, it may have been with the showbiz company, um, but the play is actually kind of silly. Uh, there's actually dancing in it, uh, which was weird. Um, yeah, I could see, I could see somebody who who had seen the television series being interested in it but the movie the movie's pretty dark and uh cynical and yeah racist Um, and misogynistic and a lot of other seven dwarfs in there too but yeah uh, uh what was his name bobby troop um all right Let's get into the movie. Okay. Uh, we've, we've, the play, it's not worth seeing. Don't worry <laughs> about it. The book, probably worth reading. We don't know. But the movie, which I watched today again, I've seen it now about six times. Um, the movie's interesting. Especially if you grew up watching MASH. Because it's a totally different... I mean, you still have the same comedy. But it's a little bit drier and darker. Uh, There there was actually a quote I read about how um, Elliot Gould and Sutherland... did the opposite of upstaging each other. They tried to downstage each other, go lower, less enthusiasm, trying to be drier and more droll than the other person. And the director had to like put a stop to it because it would have just ground the movie to a halt. But yeah, they undercut so many scenes and it's hilarious. The movie came out in 1970 Directed by Robert Altman. Written by Richard Hooker and Ring Lardner Jr. Starring Donald Sutherland as Hawkeye Pierce. Elliot Gould as Trapper John McIntyre. Tom Skerritt as Duke Forrest. Uh, I'll That's come Viper. <laughs> I will come back to Tom Skerritt's character because I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> Sally Kellerman plays Miss Margaret Hot Lips Houlihan. Uh, Robert Duvall, Major Frank Burns. There's a lot of discussion about Frank Burns. <laughs> uh, Henry Blake was uh, Roger Bowen. Renee Aubergine. Is that? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Abergenois. Abergenois. He was in Deep Space Nine as the shape-shifting alien, and he was also on... um, Benson. Benson, yes. Benson was his big TV role. Yeah. Played the... What was he? The... Lieutenant commander to the senator. To the governor. The governor, thank you. Yeah, sorry. Um. David Arkin, Joanne Fluke. She was hot. Who, if any of you 
who remember the 80s think back to the fall guy because she actually played the uh the bonds 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 agent okay who was always hiring the fall guy to go pick up her skips and she did this couple bits of like love american style and a bunch of stuff in the 70s too she was smoking hot oh my gosh uh yeah oh yeah even smoking hot in the mash movie oh yeah (sighs) gary berghoff gary berghoff is one of the only people to go from the movie to the tv series yeah he's got a gimp hand yeah like you'll notice like he's always holding something or or you know it's i think it's his left hand if i recall but yeah he's got like a deformity in his one hand and it's always yeah, it was like, up somehow it was it was very weird uh fred williamson as spear chucker jones doctor it, i let's had to, get it right it's doctor doctor oliver spear tucker it killed me i never put together spear chucker jones and from dawn till dusk i never put those two together i was like oh my god it is him holy cow yep yeah um michael murphy mile marston (laughs) bobby troop as sergeant gorman yes goddamn army fucking goddamn army and army jeeps damn army so anybody who's ever seen emergency would recognize him as the attending doctor at rampart oh what was his uh he was um dr early dr early in uh squad 51 emergency uh last but not least john shuck as painless captain waldowski the (laughs) dentist there'll be a little bit of a discussion about him as well now i'm Um, surprised you're not bringing up bud court and danny goldman uh do i have them on my list i don't have them on my list okay bud court was private boone who was the one that got blamed for killing the patient and Elliot Gould popped the dude in the nose afterwards. Oh, Bud, that's right. Bud Court is Harold from Harold and Maud. Okay. And then Danny Goldman, who played Captain Merthart, was the guy at the beginning of Young Frankenstein who keeps talking to Gene Wilder's character going, isn't it true that so-and-so had a piece of vermicelli that came back to life. That's that guy. So he's in there too. Uh, okay. I, I'm surprised I did not remember that, but <laughs> um, anyways. Oh, and there were a bunch of football players in there too, which I never realized. Well, I don't actually have the full cast list but there was a football game played and according to my trivia thing they actually used real football players so there's ben davidson who uh, was in conan the barbarian as one of the three brothers I don't know if he was a football player or not, but who else is in there? There, There's like a bunch of football players in here. Joe Gantos, there's actual NFL people in this movie, and it was hilarious when I found that out. Ben Davidson played for the Oakland Raiders. There you go. And also earlier with the Green Bay Packers and Redskins. There you go. Mm. Yeah, if I, Ted Knight was the offstage dialogue voice uncredited. Oh, really? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I love <laughs> Ted Knight. 
Um, Fran Tarkenden was one of the players for the 325th EVAC. Oh, wait. Ted Knight was a Mary Tyler Moore show. Yep, yep. That he had a he had a sitcom in the eighties. Um, yeah, he was the Crowded House, not Crowded House. Yeah, um, something like that. Well, there, there was the Ted Knight show. Too close for comfort. That was it. Yeah. Too close for comfort. Where he lives with his two daughters or granddaughters or something like that. It was very, very funny. It's also in Patty um, Shack. Oh, yeah. That goes without saying, but, you know. <laughs> we don't talk about Caddyshack here. I work at a golf course. <laughs> Danny just, just would never do something so illegal. Yeah, grand hug, grand hug, grand hug. <laughs> you wore green so you could add for me. <laughs> um. So, what what was it about the... All right. I grew up with the television show, and I watched the movie after growing up. Because Same my, here. Because my parents wouldn't let me watch it. And I kind of got confused. Because Tom Skerritt's character, Hunt, is not in the television series at all. Yet. He plays Duke Forrest. And there is a character. Duke Forrest. In the early episodes, there was a Duke that hung out with them, but never became a major player. Okay. Okay. I don't remember that. Yeah. I mean, when I started watching MASH, the television series came out what in 1974 could be but we're not talking about that today. <laughs> so 1972 there you go i was four i didn't watch mash i watch reruns and i don't ever remember tom scarrett's character now tom scarrett in the movie you see his character right after Donald Sutherland's. And it's really kind of the funniest scene I I can think. I mean, you sit back and you're like, yeah, I could totally see this happening. Because uh, Donald Sutherland, as a captain, took his bars off because whenever you're in... Uh, uh, an action area, combat you, area, combat area. You don't want the enemy to know that you're an officer. So you always remove your bars or your, your crows, whatever you have on there. And so he was doing that. And Tom Scarrett walks up to him and he's like, boy, grab my bags. I'm going boy. to mash. <laughs> he's like mash four Oh seven, seven. Yeah. All right, boy. Grab my bags. Let's go. Yes, sir, Captain Sir. Absolutely funny scene. The um the uh what do you call it? The motor pool attendant was all ticked off and tried to get the military police to go after him, then they get into it was just awesome. Their their tires blow out. And it's great <laughs> because they end the movie with them. Doing the same thing, driving off in a with jeep them stealing and... the same jeep. <laughs> the radar's like, "Oh, don't worry, that's the jeep they stole when they showed up." Oh, okay, well, problem solved. Well, <laughs> I just I died laughing because uh, Henry Blake when when they show up, they, they Henry Blake walks over to him and he's like, "Well, I got a message that you guys stole a jeep," and they they talk about it for a little bit, and he, he's like, "It's not stolen; it's right there." He was like, yeah. "All right, hey, uh, radar. Hey, radar. Uh, change the numbers on that jeep." <laughs> and it's great how Blake is always yelling for radar when he's right there. And it's, it's, radar. Oh God. 
Um, so, Jordan. So, Scott. What, what were your favorite parts of the movie? <laughs> so, when did the movie come out? <laughs> 1970? 68. 70. Book, book was 68. Movie came out in 70. Do you remember it from your childhood? No. I remember the TV series, and that's about it. Seeing it at late night television when I was growing up, but didn't ever think there was a movie and didn't ever think that it came from a book. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I felt like all this is a series created out of the whim. Didn't know that it the series was coming from the movie and book, so I didn't know. And I didn't know there was a play. I'm well, like, you're not missing much. Yeah, you're the the play's not worth discussing. the The movie, all right. The differences. The movie's more darker than the uh, TV series <laughs> by a bit. This yeah. was the first motion picture by a major studio to use the f word ever Hmm. that was during the football game when painless says i'm going to take off your fucking head (laughs) but it was just so offhanded that they there were three major movies coming out that year that this um studio was doing uh torah 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 was one oh god i can't remember the, the third one but there were three big war movies, well, two big war movies and this one. And so these guys came in under budget and on time. And none of the studio execs had any time to come look at them and say, oh, what's going on here? Because they had these multi-million dollar movies going on simultaneously. So yeah. they got away with a lot of murder. Now... The uh, uh let, let's go into Frank Burns a little bit. Frank Burns is played by Robert Duvall, brilliant actor, wonderful actor. Uh, Days of Thunder was fabulous. I take your word for it. Burke's never seen it. No. Um, but he takes Frank Burns to a level that you just never really expected Frank to go to. Uh, He's not the whiny, mealy Frank ferret face from the TV show. He's an officer. He's not a great surgeon, but he's a surgeon, but he's very army. You know, he probably got his degree while he was in the army or whatever, but yeah, he's, you know, He's very, very different from the Frank Burns of the TV show. He actually gets into a fist fight with um Robert Gould's character. Or, um, no, it was the other one. Um, it wasn't Hawkeye. It was uh, Trapper John, Elliot Gould. Yeah, Elliot Gould's character. Uh. Well, he gets sucker punched and goes down if they call that a fist fight. Well, it was a good fist fight. <laughs> it got Trapper John restricted to the barracks, of which... And then he got promoted to chief surgeon, so, you know. I was going to promote you, but now <laughs> I've got to wait a week. <laughs> um, uh, but his... His character, he played it well. He played that character well. Uh, And his his relationship with Houlihan. um, Oh, yeah. Like, evolved. It was kind of weird, you know? It it was. Uh, it, It wasn't like the TV show where it just happened. It actually had to culminate and become something yeah um the uh margaret mary houlihan was played by sally kellerman instead of loretta swit sally kellerman you might remember from oh god what movie is that with uh roddy dangerfield back to 
Back to school? Back to school. There we go. Um, what else was she known for? Back to school, a little romance, ready to wear, and mash. She... I, you know what? I almost wish she would have done the TV series. She was really good at yeah at Hot Lips, and uh, the whole fact that she was the one that orchestrated sending the letter to the general. I, it's really, it's really kind of different than the tv series like like frank would go and do shit on his own and and hulan would be like frank what did you do yeah (laughs) in the movie she's coming up with some schemes like she did not respect trapper john or hawkeye at all in the movie until they were doing surgery on the one guy and uh elliot gould turns and looks at her and says you you can be an asshole but you're one hell of a nurse yeah and i was like oh that was kind of a poignant moment (laughs) and then then she became like kind of cool with them and i was like totally can't beat them join them yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, Realized she was, you know, three miles from people dying and like, you know, whatever. Let's just, you know, make a connection with somebody, even if it's Duke Forest, you know. What were your poignant parts of the movie? Um, It's when they took Hojan into the city, trying to get him out of military service really sucked because... You know, you're thinking, oh, the doctor, you know, admitting all these kids isn't going to pick up on the fact the kid's on speed, but he did. So in the movie, there was a cut subplot of where Hojong gets injured and shows up at their mass unit and dies. There is a scene where a bunch of them are playing cards and and Sutherland looks over his shoulder at this body on a stretcher being taken away by the Jeep. That's Hojon's character. It just was never in the movie, but it was it was actually part of the play, and I'm assuming part of the book. They just didn't have time for it in the movie. So all right. My favorite part of this movie. And mm-hmm. some people are gonna sit back and go, You sick motherfucker. <laughs> was painless as suicide now that's a great bit oh my god the hawkeye basically says i'm gonna help you die there's this black pill and oh yeah black <sighs> pill that's why i would do it yeah oh yeah black pill yeah i'm, at, I'm sitting here going <laughs> oh so right after he explains this to painless that they're going to have their little get together and the goodbye and he'll take the pill and die the scene comes up and they are all sitting in the same shape and form as the last supper (laughs) it's brilliant how many times has that image been put into other films (laughs) i mean yeah it's it's great. You have, yeah, they do it perfectly. You have the Last Supper, and then in front of that is a coffin. <laughs> and they go through the whole thing, and and uh, Painless is like, okay, I guess I should go lay down if I'm going to take this. And he goes, he gets into the coffin, he lays down, he takes the pill, and every person comes and walks by and hands him something yeah and, now, they're, and they're and, and they got the two guys singing suicide is painless in the background with the guitar oh, yeah i'm like so you're going oh my gosh this is priceless <laughs> um uh uh off note here 
Did you know who wrote Suicide is Painless? Robert Altman's 14-year-old son. Do you know how much money he got paid for it? With the royalties of it being used in the TV series, well over $1.2 million in royalties, which eclipsed his dad's $700,000 for directing the movie. $75,000. 75000 75, I'm sorry. I added too many zeros. So dad got 75 Gs. His 14-year-old made well over a million dollars in 80s money. <laughs> it's like you feel bad for the guy writing the book who got a couple hundred. Then you feel bad for the director who only made 75 Gs off of a Academy Award winning movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but I... I I still think that that whole bit, well, actually, that with the bit with Hawkeye talking his girlfriend into. Yeah, Joanne Flug to sleep with the guy to stamp up because he, he, he can't get it up one time and thinks he's gay. Then they don't even say gay. They, I, I'm a fairy. <laughs> um, so So in that black pill, I have no clue what they put in there. But there was some sort of a hard on medicine and something to uh, make him knock him out for a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) But the next scene is like the next day, and Painless is like, hey, guys, eating eating breakfast. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, never better. (laughs) And, and Flug is getting into a helicopter looking sad as all get out, and she turns and looks at the camera and just smiles as she's <laughs> taking off. I was like, this whole scene is freaking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Hey, make sure that you check back soon for part two of this podcast. credit card bill.